Why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Valuetainment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate it. How they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. There's this misconception that troubles, problems, crisis, danger, once you solve them, they go away. But the truth of the matter is that crisis is never ending. It's never going away. And once you figure out a way how to handle it, you'll position yourself to have major opportunities come your way. We're going to talk about the following. Different forms of crisis, lifespan of a crisis, what extends the lifespan of a crisis, and last but not least, rules of engagement when it comes down to crisis. Two forms of crisis. Crisis is going to happen all the time, but there's two forms of it. The types you can control, the kind you cannot control. Unfortunately, most people spend way too much time trying to solve crisis that they don't have any control over. But the crisis that you do have control over, you ought to put some energy into. So what kind of forms of crisis do we have? Number one is health. You're building a business, something happens to your health, you're affected, setback, takes you time to regain that momentum. Sometimes you lose momentum. That is one form of crisis. The other one is technological and cyber. When I say technological, if you have a technology, a software that you use that all of a sudden it collapses or you know information is being leaked or there's a cyber attack on your technology, somebody gets into it, there's a virus. That is a very massive for some companies. If this happens to them, it is a form of crisis. Next is organizational. Organizational is when there's a falling out or a mismanagement of a crisis that that happens with somebody that doesn't work out whether they leave or whether somebody that doesn't replace someone that needs to be replaced because their attitude is tremendously negative and they're hurting the morale of the office. Next one is violence. This happens every once in a while and sometimes you hear stories about an office or a company. I was at a bank the other day. I'm talking to my guy Joe and I said, Joe, how are things? He says, man, did you hear about what happened yesterday? I said, no, what happened yesterday? He says, he's the first uh, uh, chair when you walk into the bank. He says, the other day, this guy walks in and he shows me the gun. He comes up and he says, give me all the money you have. I said, you got to be. He says, take your hand off the button. He says, then he goes to the back with his buddy. Two guys are holding up. The, he says, they took all our cash. They left. Cops ran off. They still haven't caught this guy. I said, you got to be. He says, no. That kind of violence with gun, that puts a lot of fear in people. People are worried because they have nightmares with guns. That is a different form of crisis that you experience. Next one is malice, manipulation, deception, and revenge because you may have somebody, a competitor who doesn't like you. Defamation of character, rumor mill, all over the place. You're this, you're that, you're going out of business, you don't have money, you don't know what you're doing, or one of your guys within the company doesn't like you, you have a fallen out. They leave their life mission is to make sure they put the biggest revenge on you and they're never gonna stop right those are the things that happen and by the way some of this is caused by you some of this it's out of your control but some of these things we're talking about is in your control we'll get back to that here in a minute next one defamation of character which we talked about briefly financial is the next one some it's your finances meaning you didn't save money for a rainy day you spend way too much money you overextended yourself the other kind of financial crisis is the market something happens to the market and it affects everything else that you're doing as well eight black swan you can't predict What's a black swan? A pandemic, a coronavirus, a 9-11. You cannot predict that. An earthquake is more of a black swan than a hurricane because a hurricane tells you next Monday at 7.30 p.m., a hurricane's going to hit Miami. So you're prepared four or five days until that comes. But a pandemic 
comes out of nowhere, catches us, we're not prepared for it, and earthquake hit, 6.6 earthquake in Northridge, boom, bunch of businesses take it. 9-11 happens, two planes, how did this take place? We're affected by it. That's also black swan that you can't predict. Next one is personal, marital, kids, wife. My uh, wife and I, our daughter goes to class. The three-year-old, there's a classmate that she had in that classroom, that three-year-old, passed away in the most troubling way where the mother and the father don't have an answer for it. And the funeral was a very emotional funeral. My wife was calling me crying because she said, I can't even be here. I can't imagine experiencing the pain that the mom and dad are experiencing right now. My wife is in tears. My body hurts. I'll never forget when she made the phone call. I said, why are you telling me this? She says, this is what just happened. That's personal, man. That hurts for a long time. It is a form of crisis, right? And last but not least is natural. What's natural? Natural crisis. Some of the stuff you don't control. Some of the stuff that happens that is not your fault, not my fault, nobody else's fault, just kinda happens. These are different forms of crisis. The key with every one of these, to know which one of them you control, which one of them don't. Health, you, you, the way you eat, your immune system, your diet, exercise, routine, alcohol, drugs, technological cyber, are you prepared? Do you have the right cyber security? Have you put that investment into it? Are you being too cheap? Are you willing to go learn a little bit more? Are you hiring the right analysts that are gonna put the right things in place? We had a test scoring that we're doing on the cyber that we were not prepared for. We invested a few hundred thousand dollars to make sure we were protected of it because just in case. So some of it is you, some of it's organizational, same violence, sometimes it's not yours, but you need to be prepared. What if it does happen? So every one of these things, we need to look at which one of them you control and which one you don't. Now. These things that we're looking at, it becomes bigger problem based on the time, uh, timeline, lifespan of the crisis. So watch this. Sometimes crisis lasts one hour. Something happens to you. Boom, it's a crisis. What's a crisis? One hour. Flat tire, middle of the freeway, what do you do? Okay? That's one hour. You got to fix it, AAA, all this other stuff, right? Sometimes you're here at an office, something happens, it's one hour. How do you handle that situation? Some of them are one day, it lasts a whole day. Some of it is a week, some of it is a month, some of it is a quarter, some of it is a year, and some of them last a decade. What do you mean a decade? Depression was a decade plus that it lasted, so what could we have done to prevent it? The key with this is to bump it up, meaning if it's supposed to last a week, can you make it last a day? If it's supposed to last a day, can you make it last an hour? If it's supposed to last an hour, can you do anything to make it only be 15 minutes or 10 minutes? But most people, unfortunately, amateurs, it's supposed to last an hour, they make it a day. It's supposed to last a day, they make it last a week. It's supposed to only be a one-week crisis, it becomes a one-month crisis. It's supposed to be a one-month crisis, it becomes a one-year crisis, and you know how this thing goes on. So now your strategies to not extend the crisis, this is what you need to be thinking about. Your strategies, what you put in place, when you have the crisis that shows up, will dictate if it extends it or shortens it. Number two, your emotional response to the crisis, the way you carry yourself emotionally, like there's a lot of people I'm talking to. Half the time I'm talking to my employees here, we have the office, we send, you know, 70 of our employees home and we have 20 of them that are working out of here and then we have another 10 that's working out of a different place. But when we send the employees home, one of the things I'm doing, I'm just talking to people. How are you doing? The other day I held a meeting, and Kai, I even think we have the video of this meeting, so maybe we put a little bit of a glimpse of it. I held a meeting, and I just sat there, and I had all our employees around us, the ones that were here. We had already sent our you know, pregnant ones home, and some that their spouses were nurses, where kids were sent home, so we wanted to make sure they had the opportunity to do that. But I just sat there for one hour, and they were all there, all everybody by their cubicles and their desk. I said, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? What's your biggest fear? What's your biggest concern? They asked me 20 different questions. Why? 
I'm trying to show you, listen, if your CEO's not panicking, everything's going to be all right. My wife, last night we're talking, babe, why are you not worried? I'm not worried, babe, because it's going to be all right. We're going to be okay. My dad, my mom today, hey, is everything okay? Mom, everything's going to be all right. How you doing? How's dad? How's everybody? Hey, investors, hey, what you, everything's going to be all right. We're all right, right? Because somebody brings the tension down. And your emotional response helps with the lifespan of the problem. Number three, your approach to the crisis. Okay, again, how you approach the crisis. Panic, molehill to a mountain, how do you handle it? That also dictates the lifespan of it. Number four, your level of poise. Similar, I have people that I work with. One, the other day I was doing a conference call. And my guys were asking me questions about uh, our leaders that are doing well, the ones that make seven figures. And they say, what's the best quality of this person? What's the best quality of that person? What's the best quality of this person? One of the guys they asked about, his name is Jose. Okay, very good friend of mine. We go way back with this guy, 15 years. When I met him, he wanted to work with me. I didn't let him come to my office for 90 days. I told him he had to do certain things. Finally, he says, whatever you tell me I'm gonna do because I wanna work with you. So finally, six months later, this guy came into my office. We started working together. I would take him to Santa Monica stairs. We'd be doing stairs late at night, 11.30. You know, we, I'd take him everywhere I could to see how tough it was. But boom, this guy's like, no, we're gonna be working together. He was determined, right? Here's this guy's biggest strength. One day, I'm sitting there and I'm talking to somebody that we want to do business with. He's sitting over here at my office in Northridge. Next thing you know, big earthquake hits, 6.1, 6.2 earthquake hits. I had this massive window in my office. You just hear going back and forth. The guy we're doing business with, I look this way, I look up, boom, out of my office. He runs out. I look at Jose, he's just sitting there. So what do you think? I said, what do you mean, what do you think? It's earthquake, still moving, it's been 30 seconds. I think we should probably go outside. What do you think, Pat? I said, I think we should go outside as well. We got up and he just walks, you know, he always walks like a very smooth operator. This guy's had four nicknames with me over the years. The first one was Rico Suave. The number, second nickname, well, I think was Seabiscuit. The third one was uh, Mexican John F. Kennedy and his nickname today, I tell him, is like the Teflon Don. He's, you know, because he's so calm, nothing bothers him, right? It's such a powerful quality he has because people look at him and boom, he gives people strength with the poise that he has. Number five, your urgency with finding a solution. Sometimes people move too slow and then this goes boom, 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 boom. Your urgency. Sometimes, oh, it's okay. One week problem, one month problem, one year problem, 10 year problem. It's not a big deal that I'm gaining weight. It's all right. Then boom, boom, boom. Now you lost a decade. Why? Because you weren't paying attention to your health. That's a decade problem. You don't think it's that serious. Then last two points, both of them are opposites, but it's pretty much the same thing. Number six is your exaggeration of a crisis. You turn a three into a nine, and the last one is your under-exaggeration of a crisis. You turn a nine into a three. It's a very big deal. Ah, it's not a big deal. Ah, it's, it's, you know, it's not really a big deal. It's a very big deal. We'll see what's gonna happen. It's not really a big deal. There's time to be calm and not be, and there's time to say, no, no, the level of urgency on this is high, we gotta get right into it. So those are some of the things that causes the lifespan of the crisis to be longer. Now, rules of engagement with crisis, I got a few points for you again. This is one of those things that you can write an entire book about, right? You can do an entire course about, you can do an entire session about, I can teach on this for two, three days, but this is a 20 minute video we're doing here. So rules of engagement, number one, what caused it? That's what I want to know. Is it in my control or out of my control? It's the first thing I want to know, okay? If it's not in my control, I automatically tell our guys I'm not worried about it. The other day we had a crisis that took place. 
with webinar that we were putting for 3,000 people, and last minute, it's only letting us do 500. So I had only one thing in mind. Was it our mistake, or was it GoToWebinar's mistake? So I had my guy go and find out right there, and we found out that GoToWebinar didn't do their upgrade to the number that we needed to, but there was one thing we could have done. The part we could have done something about, that person had a very uh, interesting conversation with me. The part that we didn't have the ability to have uh, any control over was theirs, we got the apology from them saying, we're so sorry, we messed up. But what is the moral of the story? First part is, what is our control? What is outside of our control? Number two, for instance, coronavirus, is it out of your control? Yes, what part of it is your control? Washing your hands, preparation, educational research, there's both aspects to it, right? Number two, quantify the risk of the crisis, meaning worst case scenario. I always go to worst case scenario. What's the worst thing that's going to happen here? I think we could lose a half a million dollars. Okay, that's a good number. We could lose a half a million dollars. What's the worst case scenario that can happen here? We can shut down six operations that we have. Okay, what's the worst thing that can happen here? You could die. Okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? So you always go to worst case, and then you assess it and say, okay, I got to mentally be prepared how bad this thing could be. Then you go back to the normal again. Number three, find a root cause to eliminate future repetitive events. Meaning, if I have an issue and I just put a band-aid on it, it's going to reappear. I'm not interested in that. I want to eliminate the issue so it never reappears again and we can move on. I don't like the same issues happening over and over and over again. If you ever ask our directors or our board members and say, how is it working with Pat? They will tell you, Pat will be very upset and disappointed if the same issue keeps reappearing. But if it happens the first time, he's just like, listen, let's solve this so it never happens again. And he's very calm about it. I don't like the same issue happening over and over and over again. So I'll sit there and I'll say, what caused this? What can we make? What do, we, what do, we, do we have this person? Do we have that person? How we hire? Maybe we need to hire this. We need to call. So then that's what we're doing to make sure it doesn't happen again. Number four, battle plan, both defense and offense. Sometimes, you know, we only are like defense. I'm just going to make sure this never happens to me again. But what we do is while you're playing defense, you forget that you need to also make sales to make the company go. If you don't make sales and make money, this company is going out of business. So then sometimes people, all they're thinking about is offense, offense, offense. That's kind of like the boat. You know, you're also, it's okay. I know we're sinking, but it's all good, man. Just keep playing offense. No, no. You got to make sure that thing gets plugged up as well so this uh, ship is not sinking. So we got to make sure we're scored that way. So if you just do this and you ain't rowing, you stay in put. But if you just do this and you don't plug the hole, you're sinking. So you got to make sure you're doing both. You don't just do one at a time. Number five, unify the team with a unified strategy that addresses the crisis. So when coronavirus happened, immediately I'm having conversations with everybody. Immediately, I talk to probably four or 500 people in a day. Immediately, I'm in communication with everybody. Then we set up the webinar. Then we handle our issues here. Then I address it with my investors. Then I address it with my executive team. Then we announce it to all the employees. Then we made a strategy of what we're going to be doing. Then we had everybody that got together. Then I want you to see my face, not audio. I just want you to see my face because if you see my face, I will see if you're comfort and I know you're confident and I know everything's going to be all right. Then that, that gets transferred. So if you're, you're worried, you may not want to show your face because if they see your face, maybe they're going to be more worried. So for some of you, it may not actually be a good strategy, but I want you to see my face. Then when you see my face, I always open up with a question. What's on your mind? Guys, what's keeping you up at night? What's on your mind? Open-ended. Tell me, because they're going to tell you their fears and concerns. What are some of the challenges you're facing we haven't seen before? And they'll give it to you, right? And then I already have a plan of action that I've mapped out because I've spent some time talking to myself or board or whoever it is. 
Then I'll say, here's the direction. Very important to be clear with the directions you give with action items. Here's what we need to do. Number one is this. Number two is this. Number three is this. Number four is this. Number five is this. Number six is this. If this happens, we're going to be doing this. If that happens, we're going to be doing this. Just so you guys know, for some of you guys that are worried about it, if you're worried about this happening, we're already prepared for this. If we're worried about this happening, we're already prepared for this. But guess what, guys? Here's what I think we need to do. While everybody else is scared, we need to go out there and play offense. Defense, offense. Goes back to the same message I gave to you earlier. Number six, best time for crisis to get your relationships deeper. Best time to get your relationships deeper. Best time to begin to know your guys better. Best time to be talking to your guys better. Best time to get your customer relationship better. Best time for you to be talking to your employees, your teammates, and circulating, and how you doing, what's on your mind today. I was walking and strolling just to see if everybody's okay, and I'm just asking, how you doing? 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 Boom! One of the offices, I walk in, and the person has their hands on their face. I said, how you doing? And she's like, can't even answer me. I said, well, how you doing? Everything good? She's in tears. She was crying for two minutes straight. I said, you know what? Here, what's on your mind? Tell me. And we started talking a little bit. I said, why don't you go for a walk? She said, you know what? I said, take a break. Just get out of here. Go for a walk. And just maybe take a break from news right now for a couple hours. Because maybe you need to do a media detox for yourself. And she just took the walk, right? And then she came, hey, man, thank you for that. I said, no problem. Sometimes we need to be doing that. This is where you get your relationships to go deeper. This is the time that you get your relationships to be deeper. Because some people, and by the way, if you weren't getting your relationships deeper while everything was good, some of that stuff that's in your control, you're going to pay a price for it right now if you really don't have a relationship with your partners, vendors, employees, salespeople, all that stuff. Because it shows that you were having strong relationships. It's just it matters today more than ever before. Number seven, this is a problem a lot of companies make, and that's accessibility. I had a meeting today with many of my staff members who answer phones while we're going through these times. I talked to them about script, what to say, what not to say. How do we finish calls? How do we start calls? What if I'm being an asshole to you when I'm talking to you on the phone and I'm somebody that's a customer or a vendor or a partner that's giving you a little bit of a hard time? How do you handle that situation right now? How do you make sure you stay poised? And I'm, and I'm role playing this with one of our uh, girls that was answering phones and she was handling it so well. But, but this is the time where you're sitting down talking to your guys about accessibility. People got to be able to get a hold of you, whether it's through online chat, whether it's through website chat, text, calls, emails, doesn't matter. You being accessible to the right people right now matters more than ever before. In times of crisis, matters more than ever before. Number eight, research. When a crisis happens, I like to do research because, again, I'm affected by it. If you're a husband, if you're a father, if you're a son, if you're a brother, if you're a friend, if you're a leader, if you're a follower, you ought to do research because there's some form of responsibility that you have to the people around you. So what kind of research do I do? Personal, I go research. Two, I call experts. Three, I want to get all the data out there to see if I can find any kind of trends. That's what I want to do with everything that I'm doing, my business, pandemics, economy, market crash, it doesn't matter. I do research. Number nine, speed back to equilibrium. Crisis, boom, normal. Oh my gosh, boom. The quicker you come up here, the better it is. You could have a reaction like this because you're not a machine or a robot, but you got to come back to equilibrium to make sure everything else is in place. It's the whole part about poise. Last but not least, what needs to be minimized, what needs to be eliminated, and what needs to be increased? Simple. You know what? Uh, when we experienced this, I realized we have too much of this. Cut it out. We don't need it anymore. You know, when we were experiencing this, when it happened, I, I, I just think we need to lower. We, we're doing that a little bit too much, and it's scaring people. Lower it. It's too much right now. Okay, great. 
And you know what? I realized we needed this, but we didn't have it. Why don't we go get it and increase that a little bit? Great. Minimize, eliminate, increase. What is it you need? Figure that part out through crisis to see what you can do to keep improving yourself as a company. Thanks everybody for listening. And by the way, if you haven't already subscribed to Valuetainment on iTunes, please do so. Give us a five star, write a review if you haven't already. And if you have any questions for me that you may have, you can always find me on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Just search my name, Patrick Bid David. And I actually do respond back when you snap me or send me a message on Instagram. With that being said, have a great day today. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.